Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This is the broadcast for September the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This, ladies and gentlemen, is our one of two in our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law that I am, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. A quick recap of yesterday's show, still available online for free at libertyroundtable.com. It's on demand or lovingliberty.net. Go to lovingliberty.net, download the iPhone and the Android apps. We're working on version two of those apps, and they're getting incredible. So check it out. And uh, if you want to donate, we'd love every penny we can get. We'll just take that money and put it right back into radio and grow our presence in the media. LovingLiberty.net. Donate and spread the word today. Would you please? We had our guest on, Mr. Larry Pratt, yesterday discussing all things liberty. We talked about Lauren Bobert. She's the Shooter's Grill owner in Rifle, Colorado. She's a gun rights activist. She upset the House GOP. She won in the primary. Now she faces the Democrat. She's likely to win and pray. We, we pray she goes to Washington. Bill Clinton is starting a new podcast in 2020 in partnership with iHeartMedia, says Deadline. Just imagine a Bill Clinton podcast. You going to listen to that, dude? (laughs) Wow. Joe Biden claims that Donald Trump wants to defund the police. WND.com with that. It just shows how out of touch Joe Biden is. I mean, where do you get that Donald Trump wants to defund the police? He says, well, it relates to the budgets. Just look at his budgets. Well, President Trump is trying to reduce the budgets. In a lot of places, folks, that doesn't mean that he wants to defund the police. Maybe he's saying the local communities ought to fund the cops, but the federal governments ought not fund local police. That's a different debate than saying you want to, you know, defund the cops. Now, the interesting thing is President Trump has been defending the police more than anybody. Biden's just completely lost it, folks. I'm telling you right now, every day it just becomes more and more obvious (laughs) he's a shell of his former self, sad to say. Move it up here. Exhausted Biden relies on teleprompter to answer questions. Donald Trump wisely asks, what if that was me? <laughs> Could you imagine if I got caught doing this? Wise point. Why are they letting Joe Biden do this? Teleprompter to answer questions? The old Joe Biden would throw away big speeches people wrote for him and say, I'm going to speak from the heart. I don't need this. Now Joe can't even string a sentence together. At least that's according to Barack Obama's physician. Catholic priest says Democrats are going to hell. That's right. I guess a a Texas bishop backs him up. So, you know, the Catholics are starting to jettison uh, those who profess their faith, but yet support everything politically completely 180, right? 83-year-old Pope Francis doubling down doing a great job. Removes his mask as he touches worshipers and vows to defeat the coronavirus with love. I guess he was with a limited audience at the Vatican. But anyway, I I find that impressive. Larry Clayman, quote, should athletes 
now also wear masks bearing the names of whites killed by blacks? He's just showing the double standard hypocrisy. That was hour one of Liberty Roundtable Live, brought to you in part by Raw Honey. Delivered directly to your door. To learn more, get a hold of Kurt, C-U-R-T, at libertyroundtable.com. You can email him, or you can call or text 801-669-2211. That's 801-669-2211. Or you can go to the website, localhoneyman.com. We're working on the Facebook and Twitter for Kurt, too, by the way. President Trump traveled to Florida to declare himself a great environmentalist as he extends a moratorium on offshore drilling that his administration said he was going to end, but now it's over 10 years extended. Sad for President Trump. Um, Don't make those mistakes. They'll never love you, President Trump. They will not give you any credit for doing things that back their agenda. They will not acknowledge you. They will not soften towards you. They'll just criticize you all the more. So you should stand up. You should not have backed that moratorium. Where does the federal government get the authority, I would ask anyway. That's a mistake, President Trump. We love you, my friend. But we're not going to gloss over the things you do that we think you should not do. We're going to use the supreme law of the land. We're going to challenge your authority. And we're going to back all things constitutional every time. For the first time in 90 years, ladies and gentlemen, a majority of under 30-year-olds live with their parents. I guess it's all because of the COVID don't you know but that's an economic concern big time all right nebraska senator ben sass doing a good job i don't always agree with ben but in this case he's calling for the repeal of the 17th amendment to the u.s constitution in an op-ed in the wall street journal good for ben by the way the 17th amendment was proposed back in 1912 ratified in 1913 by 36 state legislative bodies And the idea was that U.S. senators would be elected by the population. In other words, by the popular vote, it's a disgrace. It violates the checks and balances. Before that, the Constitution called for the state legislatures to put senators, two senators in Washington. So what you've done is you've dismantled one of the checks and balances with the 17th Amendment. You made it more us more of a democracy, less of a constitutional republic. Uh, And what we need to do is abolish or repeal the 17th Amendment, as Ben Sass is calling for in the Wall Street Journal. Because then what would happen is the states would actually have a seat at the table. Instead of becoming political subdivisions of the feds, just more than field offices, if you will, the states are kind of like field offices for the fed, right? Well, if the states had senators that would answer to the state legislative bodies, we would have less of a, quote, popular vote and more of a constitutional checks and balances vote. I completely agree with Ben Sass. All right, we had a Senate report. You know, Steele, that's the guy that was involved in the, quote, dossier scandal. Steele did contact the Obama administration. And I guess they destroyed records about all this. So why are we talking about President Trump now? Why are we talking about Obama going to prison? Maybe Obama and Elaine Maxwell or Ghislaine Maxwell ought to be prison mates, huh? Don't know, but very, very strange how more and more evidence comes out about who really was involved in the Rus- with the Russians, who was really involved with a dishonest steel dossier, the FBI, Obama, every- and there's no accountability or investigations, it doesn't seem, on that front at all. 1.5 million graves reddit as COVID-19 sweeps across South Africa. That's a huge story. 
Uh, how you know true it will be, don't know. They said that millions would die in America, too. And boy, howdy, they haven't even reached 200,000, have they? Georgia poll, three in five concerned about voter fraud. Now the numbers are even getting higher as people realize how easy it is to promote or to commit vote mail fraud. Local TV news experiment even exposes, exposes the flaws of voting by mail. GA Secretary of State, 58% of the double voters in June. Primary were Democrats. So you got double voting in June. 58% of them were Democrats. And the Democrats say there's no vote fraud. I guess it all depends if you don't think double voting is a fraud, if you think it's legitimate to double vote. Donald Trump tried to highlight the point and told people to vote at the polls and vote at the mailbox, or the ballot box and the mailbox, and now they say it's all Donald's fault. He was trying to illustrate that vote fraud is all too common. And boy, howdy, has that turned out to be a fact, huh? But they deny it till the cows come home. On one hand, they want to say Donald's committing vote fraud via the mail system, post office, but yet they say, you know what? The custody of the ballot is legitimate. How do they have it both ways? Same way Biden tells you that he's lucid and that he's got it all together, but yet he has to rely on a teleprompter. That's how. They're dishonest at every turn, folks. The U.S. sadly will have a half a million fewer births next year due to the pandemic. That's a sad tale to tell. The abortionists are all mad because they want to birth them and kill them and birth them and kill them and birth them and sell the body parts. And then those of us who want to expose them and complain end up going to jail. Wow, folks, we got a mixed-up world, don't we? Good is evil, evil is called good, it's sad as all get out. I call good good and evil evil. We need to make popular that which is good and reject that which is evil. We better stand up. By the way, they say thick thighs save lives. Study connects thigh size to heart disease risk. And I guess they say stomach fat's bad, leg fat's fine. Uh, I say, you know what, any study you put out could say whatever you want to make it say. Statistics are a very strange thing indeed. Uh, I'm not here to debate anybody's fat. I am here to say the more healthy we eat, the more nutritious, the more portion size we watch, the more exercise we get, the better sleep we get, the more we eat the right kind of healthy foods, the better off we are. And I didn't take a penny for my study. Associated Press now gives bizarre reason that it's capitalizing black but not white. News outlets say that Caucasians have one less thing than African-Americans. Yeah, they say that, uh, I guess the idea is you turn the word black from an adjective into a noun. So when they talk about you and me, it's just you're white. It's an adjective, so it means nothing. When you change it into a noun, though, you elevate the status of the term black. So if it's a proper noun, it's more important than just a descriptor. See what I mean? Blacks are more important than whites. Very, very strange manipulations, but that's how reverse racism works, doesn't it, folks? Door-to-door trick-or-treating is not allowed. L.A. County releases guidelines for Halloween. Very strange stuff. Salon owner Nancy Pelosi. I'm sorry, the, the salon owner that got attacked by Nancy Pelosi. I guess she raised over $310,000. And Governor Christy Noma, South Dakota inviting the salon owner smeared by Pelosi to come on to South Dakota. (laughs) Wow, we got more. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. All right, I guess uh, American Airlines facing a backlash now after approving Black Lives Matter pins for cabin crews. What about All Lives Matter? Do they believe in that, American Airlines? You're not sounding very American now, are you? No, well, anyway. Donald Trump tweets video of Joe Rogan comparing <laughs> Joe Biden to a dying flashlight. Yeah, Trump retweets, or I guess tweets, video of Joe Rogan comparing uh, Joe Biden to a going-out-of-power flashlight. Uh, man, that's a sad tale. I think for them to put Biden up there is just sad. The poor gentleman. I mean, even though I don't agree with his politics in any way, I don't agree with the humiliation that the poor guy is is experiencing. No doubt he's a shell of his former self. Party's over. Trump orders purge of critical race theory from all federal agencies. We need to drill into that more. I kind of highlighted at the end of the show yesterday this, but this is an important reality check, folks. Black preborn lives matter painted in front of Baltimore Planned Parenthood by pro-life activists. So now the pro-life activists are defending Black Lives Matter, saying all lives matter, and Black Lives Matter, but yet, they're getting the shaft. That's a sad tale to tell, too. Again, uh, these extremists, when you agree with them, it does you nothing. It does you no good. Apologizing to them doesn't make any difference at all. It's sad. It's so sad. All right. That was a recap of yesterday's show. Still available online at lovingliberty.net. It's free, on demand. But if you have the heart to help donate while you're there today, would you please? 
All right, without further ado, news the network refused to use starts now. Brian Rust with us, rustcoiningift.com. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you very much. Glad to be here with you, Sam. All right, let's just kick it off with the Honest Money Report. Where's gold sitting? Gold is 1956.80. 1956.80. Okay. Uh, silver is 27.46. All right. Slight change, huh? Yeah, silver up about 30-something cents from last week. Gold's up about $22 from last week. All right, there you have it, Kurt. Not much change. What about Kurt's rhodium? Got to get an update on that, don't you? Uh, it's up four hundred dollars, twelve thousand six hundred. See, Kurt knows the metal to get rich on. Good work, Kurt. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. making money. <laughs> That's right. All right, we got a lot to cover. Do you want to uh, ask Brian any gold and silver questions, Kurt? Well. um, you know, I guess the main question that I think would be on anybody's mind about, um, you know, the the frugal spending of our federal government and uh, the careful management of our monetary system Sacred you know, funds, by yeah. Congress, yeah, um, would be what do you think's um, coming up? Uh, what's your um, views? Um, you know, I mean, do you think... Um, at least as we hope, uh, the president will go ahead and uh, eliminate the Fed and we'll get the honest money and, uh, you know, possibly um, all Americans will know what silver and gold is. Um, or do you think we'll just, um, I guess we got a new spending bill in the works. Uh, it's uh, It was said to be only, what, $3 trillion, and Nancy said, I will drop back to $2 trillion. And... Um, so, I mean, where do you see us heading, Brian? Well, I, I, I look for uh, higher metals. I mean, uh, when, you, when you continue to flood the market with fiat currency and, and you continue to do this and then you continue to, uh, to manipulate the, the, the paper market on the exchange, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a false front is what you're doing. So once, you know, once we went off the standard and, and our, you know, off the – the gold and silver, and decided to go fiat currency. No country survived, so we're kind of the last country to, to, you know, as far as pumping this money in there, and and eventually they're going to have to devalue this dollar, and and in doing so, uh, that's where we feel like our metals will protect any of your paper. So that's why you have it, and uh, so in that sense, I think when the metals will be climbing. I've, I've read a few reports, and they're, you know, the. Uh, a top trans researcher, uh, um, a publisher, um, he mentioned the fact that you know if, if gold hits three or four thousand, which it could, I mean, with with things happening, then then our uh, silver, you know, will be pushing a hundred dollars and, and possibly more. So, in that sense, you want to when your paper's falling and it's going to fall, uh, your your metals are going to protect that fall, and that's why you have it. So it's not really a get rich plan. Right. It's more I mean, of a it's, it's more of a preserve wealth, preserve stable, uh, you know, stable uh, economic reality plan. Right. And then, that, that, yeah, I mean, yeah, with the metal and you can, you know, can make money in it. But but if, if you don't have anywhere to put that money, if, if you can't. Yeah, you could convert. You could pay some bills and maybe some barter, this, that and the other. But realistically, you're protecting your other assets, 401k, your bank account, uh, 
things like that. And then you look at the rich. I mean, the rich, you know, they're they're diving into a, a number of uh, uh, investments. Well, a lot of these rich people have. You look at Warren Buffett, for instance. I mean, he's got yeah, he's paper, right? He's got a lot of that paper, but he's also got a lot of metal. And a lot of those rich people have the same. So they're usually in a pretty good position because they can, they've 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 got all their assets covered. So when one drop and the other is diving. And the reason that I highlight that point that I'm making about, um, you know, it's not a get-rich plan. It's more of a wealth preservation plan. It's more of a financial stability plan. It's more of a, a wise investment plan. Uh, it's a it's a accumulate wealth slow over time plan. Because I think in our society, we've got things all mixed up. We think the stock market can make us rich. We think if we're day traders uh, or if we somehow, you know, get lucky, at, you know, doing well in society is kind of like a gamble. And if you if you if you gamble, uh, I don't know how to call this with intelligent risk taking, then the rewards are going to be massive. And, you know, hey, you're going to retire by 30. And we've got the complete wrong view in our society about what wealth is and about it, it isn't a risk uh, gamble. And man, that person got lucky by 28. Whoa, they made it in the world. They're successful there. OK, we need to jettison these notions of fast wealth, of extreme wealth, of, you know, you, man, you're sure lucky. You won the lottery 66 times. You're okay. And we've got to jettison that and look at money for what it is. Money is a tool. It's a medium of exchange. Uh, and, and it's designed to bless the lives of those who use God's sacred money. And you know what? We need to rely on God to get it. And if we get it, we better seek to use it properly. There's a fundamental religious component to this that our society completely leaves out. And there's a false notion of how to obtain wealth uh, and, and, and how you're going to get there and what the, the mode of success is. If you get rich on a fluke, you know, can you teach that to your children? No. Can you? Okay. And so to me, we've got our whole viewpoint on money completely upside down. It's almost like the government in partnership with the gambling houses or somehow the global stock market's going to gonna just, you know, searching for gold in them hills and the reward's going to be great if you're one of the lucky ones. Okay, but we need to separate all that and say, look, all things come from God, especially honest weights and measures and money. And we have got to recalibrate our views in relation to this. Do I dare call it a commodity? In relation to this median of exchange, and say it's got to be something that um, it's got to be something that is that is obtained over time from hard work by the sweat of our brow. Do we earn our bread? Concepts we have got to back this into a real discussion, or else none of the comments we make regarding money make any sense, Brian. Yeah, I think uh, right on, Sam. I think you've hit that uh, right on. You know, and it gets us. And, and the, the key is, is we're preparing ourselves. And, and, and uh, we don't have to panic. We, you know, we, we're putting our ships in order. We're, we're, we've got structure in our, in, in our uh, financial, um, well, so, you know, our, our ability to put, you know, savings and so on in place. And we have uh, peace of mind because, you know, yeah, okay, well, I have some money in the stock market. Well, it's dropping or it's, well, it's done real well, but, boy, that bubble can burst. And when it does, you know, I, I better have something on this side to kind of offset that. And, and most, most people with a lot of wealth, or uh, in in this marketplace are prepared for those kind of things and 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 do it so they have the metal and so on. Not just and and one thing I will say one thing. I mean, 
is it is it, would you would you just want to have perhaps gold and silver stock? Well, in my opinion, I I, I would say no because there again, that's that you don't want to have if if there's hard times and you need some liquid cash, you don't want to call your broker or someone say, hey, can you bring this over here? get that so that I can, I gotta go pay, you know. Let me give you an an anecdote to make the point, and you guys can think about it over the break. We'll come back and talk about it. Here it is. Ready? I've decided that I'm gonna invest in air oxygen futures. Liberty Roundtable Live. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. U.S. Senate Republicans are expected to hold a procedural vote today on a coronavirus stimulus bill. Democrats have already voted to block it. They claim it doesn't meet the needs of American families and businesses. Here's U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Don't be misled by thinking, oh, well, a little bit is better than nothing. No, it isn't. It's a missed opportunity to do what is right for the American people. The roughly $300 billion proposal does include a boost in unemployment benefits and liability protection for businesses and health care facilities. Wildfires raging across several western states have now killed at least seven people, maybe more. As officials say, people have died in California, Oregon, and Washington, but at least 12 people are still missing in Northern California. And this is USA Radio News. Okay, some good news during a challenging time for everybody, and this could really help. You may know hundreds of thousands of people have already made the switch to MediShare, which is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And with so many people looking at how they pay for health care right now, seeing premiums going up or the cost of COBRA plans, MediShare has extended their special offer, and a lot of people have taken advantage of it. Simply apply by September 30th, and they will waive your new member fee. That's $170 savings. And, of course, that's just a start. The typical family saves $500 a month after making the switch. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs, and it's worked beautifully for decades. I'll give you the number here in a second, and if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Excerpts from journalist Bob Woodward's new book, Rage, based on interviews he did with President Trump, indicate President Trump has long been aware of the deadly impact of COVID-19, but still downplayed its threat at the beginning of the pandemic. Last night, he told Fox News' Sean Hannity that the book is a hit job. Nobody had any idea it would be as violent as it turned out to be, and we studied it, we understand it, now we're opening up, but we could have lost two million, two and a half million, maybe even more than that if we did it a different way, and we've done a really good job. President Trump saying to Woodward back in March that he wanted to not create a panic over the pandemic. The National Guard is leaving Kenosha, Wisconsin. In fact, the troops are gone. The Wisconsin National Guard saying its 500 troops have left the city after they were called in to keep the peace following the Jacob Blake shooting by police last month. In addition to the Wisconsin Guard, troops came in from Michigan, Arizona, and Alabama as well. This is USA Radio News. 
promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Hey, Brian, what do you think? Brian Russ, RussQuitingGift.com with us. Would you invest in air, water, and food futures, my friend? Uh, no. You know, the problem is it's all on paper, ladies and gentlemen. It's a contract for future payout should you call for your commodities, if you will. That's what futures are. It's a big old con game. It's a gambling game, and you need air futures. Um, should you run out of air, uh, you wouldn't get your futures in time there. You probably wouldn't even be able to find the phone number to call before you'd run out of air there, folks. Or water. I mean, you'd run out of water. You'd, you'd only last for a couple of days there. Now, they'd send you an email or something, and it'd get caught in your spam filter and say, because of the corona, we can't send out your water features. We can't let you take delivery there now. I joke, but I make the point, Kurt. Well, very good, Sam. Um, and uh, I'll give you a couple of uh, headlines from the NASDAQ to uh, maybe, you know, get you something to think about as well on this thing. One says uh, from a day ago, gold falls on firm dollar. Next one says. Wait, stop. Glad gold. that dollar's so solid we don't need gold anymore, huh, Brian? <laughs> That's right. That, that firm dollar. That, you know, same place. Gold falls on firm dollar. I mean, it's crazy. Same place. Uh, Nasdaq says gold at one week high as weak dollar supports. So you know, it's kind of interesting how same place firm can weak have dollar. a firm dollar and a weak dollar. You know, I don't know how that works. And you've got the uh, Reuters boys saying precious gold at one week high as weak dollar supports i i tend to think a more weak dollar especially as we talk about a few trillions more to uh send out to uh whoever uh out there as far as i understand ladies and gentlemen uh, you can go back to the same principle like if you got a bumper crop of apples Typically, it means each apple is going to be worth less. Uh, that just means you've got a lot of them, and they're they're going to go for less. If you got a bumper crop of paper money, which is really what we got, that means each one's going to be worth less. Which means that silver and gold and any other real commodity uh, is probably going to be worth more, right? There you yeah. have it. Brian? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to think uh, about. I, I remember on the news, you used to see the, the ticker tape across their front desk of the newscasters. Their gold's this, silver's this, and it's climbing at your deficit. What you owe for the deficit is this. Now, this is before COVID. This is before, uh, you know, dumping money, you know, checks. Uh, surplus checks into our accounts and all this. And yet, silver at that point hit 50 bucks. People were able to see it every day on the news, and your metals, you know, were climbing like mad. And that's before any of the stuff that we're talking about today. And yet, it's less today. They've pumped the stock exchange up higher than ever, and it's the metals are less today. And yet, it's we're 10 times worse than we were there, and it was just based on the dollar value. Well, the dollar was obviously no good at that point. Well, it sure isn't better today. So you, you kind of look back and so on. So also your buying power. Where's your buying power in the dollar? I mean, you can just see it. So 
I don't know. Those are a few factors that we can look at. Amen to that. So the question kind of comes up if you want to talk about futures. There's options versus futures. What's the difference, you might ask? (laughs) Do you know the difference in this, Kurt? Well, um, I was hoping you'd give a third option that would be like uh, real, um, you know. No, that's not an option in the the paper trading con world, Kurt. uh, Option, yeah, that's right. Um, You get A and B, my friend. Now quit trying to choose C. The Hegelian dialectic can't work on you when you choose C, my friend. I know. I'm kind of off those choices. The difference between options and futures, by the way, just so people know, Kurt's trying to choose C, but I'm asking the difference between the two. (laughs) See? Yeah. The difference is contractual, Kurt. Well, and then who is going to make sure the contract is really kept? Nobody. In fact, we might even, if the contract gets broken, it might even be justified as a necessity or else the whole con game might be halted. And so, therefore, what we'll do is we'll we'll protect the contract breakers. That's what usually happens, right? But the difference between contracts and options basically is contractual, right, Ryan? Yeah. An option can be exercised any time within the contract window, whereas a future is supposed to take delivery on a certain date unless other arrangements are made in advance. Right? Yep, down the road. Down the road, yep. But no matter what, between the two, it's all down the road, Kurt. <clears throat> and it's all a debate on yeah. if you can literally take delivery. That's why it's a gambling game. It's a con game. Because if they can't deliver <clears throat> the goods that you've contracted for, either on a option or on a future, if they can't deliver, then the, the jig's up, Brian. Isn't yeah, it the same as, isn't it the same as basically any uh, pyramid scheme? Yes, except for it's got the backing of government law, so it seems legitimate. Yeah. Oh. That's right. That's why I say it's got contractual obligations there, Kurt. Makes you feel good about that, doesn't it? Heck yeah. (laughs) Nothing like like feeling good about it. All right, should we stick with money or should we move to Trump, Kurt? Well, I don't know, Sam. Um, you All know, right, the mainstream. If you don't know, uh, then I'll just move on. Well, let me let me say this. Let me say do. this. Okay. Uh, you know, um, you know. Recently, uh, we've seen some, you know, pretty good. Uh, I guess you could say um, problems in our weather uh, slash. You know, like in our area, we got huge amounts of smoke coming from uh, as California burns, and then you got. Uh, San Francisco under like orange skies because of all the smoke there. Um, and, and I was thinking about, you know, one of the, what ways, and like here in Utah, we had what hurricane force winds and whole bunch of people out of power and all this kind of stuff. The governor declared an emergency. Uh, you know, you've got, um, you know, big old hurricane stuff down South. And I mean, it's almost, um, not really disaster from sea to shining sea, but it's getting close. Uh, so I was wondering about if they had a uh, it all place depends on where how you define disaster. I'm taking futures on disaster. Oh, good point. Um, yeah. So I was uh, wondering about if they had a number where you could find, hey, the abortions per state, uh, the number of babies killed per day in in each area. And I didn't know if there was a 
stat for Utah, but uh, there I know, is. You got to uh, go research it, buddy. There is for sure. There's the national debt clock. You know, when we talk about the debt, well, then there's so the there national is abortion, abortion, abortion state by clock. State, yeah, I, I just wasn't sure of it. I thought I might it, tell the governor here in Utah that uh, if you're worried about this whole mask thing and COVID and um, you know um, disasters and stuff, you might look at the idea of. Uh, Quit killing babies. I want to be a fly on the wall for that call. Hey, uh, Gary, this is Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the national debt clock says we're uh, just approaching twenty-seven trillion, um, and then it does. You know, I mean, those numbers move. Uh, it says U.S. debt totals close to eighty-two trillion. Um, uh, you know, and they've got all these sections, but then when you look at the number of well, it depends abortions, on what we're going to include. See, if we're going to talk about future, <clears throat> speaking of futures, you know, liabilities and yeah, obligations, and un- unfunded liabilities and all this kind of stuff, you get into a big old convoluted thing, Kurt. Mm. And then you look at the uh, U.S. abortion clock, um, and you got um, almost 600,000 babies this year so far killed, and... Um, Black of course, we got to worry about the coronavirus. It's got less than two hundred thousand, less than a third, Kurt. Yeah, and most uh, of the people that so die from I, it have already lived good, long, and full lives. By the way, I don't get it how people seem so concerned with the lives of those folks. But you want me to explain it to these you? Babies, <laughs> go ahead. It's sir. all about control. If I, I don't you. lie to you and manipulate things, I don't care about life at all. If I'm one of these characters, I my goal is to control you. And the only way to control you is manipulate you into a panic and lie to you. So I guess the real question is, do you think any of that killing baby stuff has anything to do with, you know, maybe the disasters and, you know. Without question it does, but only if you talk about the almighty author of liberty. Right. Otherwise, then it doesn't matter a darn, Kurt. It's not a relationship at all, and you're making a You're just somehow on some kind of religious bender. You're on your crutch for religion kind of a thing. Off the reservation. I I think it's pretty obvious we can see the opposition, can't we? Opposition in all things. I mean, we're starting to, yeah. But is it linked, if you're honest, Kurt? Absolutely, without question. And the issue comes down to an issue uh, of honesty, Kurt. So maybe if we just quit killing babies, we might even... Save the place from COVID. And well, God says it's literally uh, an assurity that if we keep his commandments, he'll protect us and heal our land, Kurt. Like that. Wow. Amen. Imagine that. Healing of the land. All right. Liberty Roundtable <laughs> Live in seconds. I guess Liberty Roundtable Live is taking a future right now. <laughs> Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. 
Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't gonna happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we appreciate your accompaniment here on the uh, Liberty Roundtable radio program. Uh, however you hear us, uh, it's uh, much appreciated. We know you have to do some extra things, probably. I mean, we're not going to be found on 600 radio stations like Sean Hannity um, and uh, etc. cetera. So, um, However you do it, uh, whether you listen on the Roku, uh, maybe Alexa, or uh, let's see, what's that other one, Sam? Anyway, uh, a lot of different Siri, ways. You got Siri, you got Google Play, you got all kind of things, man. Yeah. Spotify. But however you even do Amazon it, we appreciate it. Amazon Music's working on podcasting, Kurt. You might even tell your friends about us, and you know, then they could hear uh, Brian Rust uh, weekly from uh, RustCoinAndGift.com and uh, know about maybe what to do uh, when they're faced with rough times. You can go you to lovingliberty.net and listen around the clock 24-7 to live and on-demand radio at your fingertips free. You can donate there as well if you want to help our cause. Good point. Um, and, uh, you know, Brian, just a few more headlines for you. I don't know if you want to comment about them. Uh, you got weekly jobless claims misestimates as employment gains taper off. Uh, over 50% of households in major cities struggling financially share of young adults living with parents higher than that uh, in the great depression uh, manhattan vacancies hit record um, you know i think the cities are in trouble especially those uh, you know big cities with uh, well socialist communist leadership what say you yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think we were seeing cities bankrupt even before the COVID hit. So, I mean, if you go back to even a few years. If you so say long, that, Brian, right. how are you going to blame it on the COVID? <laughs> well, that's right. I don't think you do. I just oh, think the okay. COVID was, was one more one more uh, nail in uh, the coffin. Ploy. Well, yeah, a ploy for them to even cause more havoc. I mean, it's for, and is it the havoc they want us to rely on them to take care of it? They've done such a great job. Maybe we should just fall in line because, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this is great. Let's just follow their lead. Yeah, it's pathetic. And you can see it's pathetic. It so, looks like yeah. uh, all of 
well, maybe even all the world, but at least a lot of America is doing this social distancing thing, you know, where they leave the big cities and spread out to places like South Dakota. Can't do that in the West. Whatever, you know. Nowhere to go. Well, yeah, but compared to New York, there's a lot more places to go still, Sam. I mean, and if you really fixed it and got rid of all that... uh, quote federal land that shouldn't be federal land just think of well you got federal land and then you got this zoning problem too like i find all kinds of pieces of ground that i could buy kurt and i could buy it and i could get water with it then the problem is they're like well you can't break it down into pieces any smaller than 50 acres and so i go oh so my 500 acres i can only get 10 pieces out of it if i'm lucky see what i want to do is take a 300 acre place and i want to put it into five acre 10 acre parcels and then let a bunch of patriots live together. Well, when even live one together, acre, just have a neighborhood. Sam, I mean, you, you got. Uh, <laughs> what do you say? One most acre. Most people are. Well, even one acre Kurt, is like. You I know, can't even break it into five or the ten. Size of, hold on, well, I can't I know, even break it down but, into. Uh, hold on, Kurt. I can't break it down yeah. into five or ten. How am I going to get it into one? But Sam, <laughs> wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't you be able to do that if you just go in and you know you change the elected officials and you just change that how do um, i change the elected know? officials well i mean you, you're gonna have to i don't even live there yet in, kurt i can't right? vote yeah. there you vote by no, mail that's a good point <laughs> oh, vote yeah, there by mail early, now you're talking yeah. but see i what i'm saying to you though is i can't get it into one acre pieces kurt's right if i could get you know 200 acres and do one acre lots for people and Kurt's oh, yeah. right a one acre lot is like four or five or six times bigger than most people's lots are in the city it's huge yep yeah, you're right. And then about those that. folks could have a chicken. They no. could put a rabbit on there. Well, I mean, they can't have a piece town, of ground, Kurt. In your town, they could, right? Well, yeah, but my, in my town, Kurt, a, a one like a half acre lot costs like a hundred grand <laughs> or more. Okay, yeah. so what I'm saying to you is, yeah, I can have a chicken, but I can't mm-hmm. even get the piece of ground to put the chicken on. So where am I going to That's put my right. chicken on my car roof? Yeah, your chicken. And oh, your I can't tent. even buy a car. They cost like fifty grand now. Mm-hmm. Well, if you Good if point. you make the roof if you make the roof flat and create some kind of compound up on top of the roof, you could probably maybe have some chickens up there. Your your yes, square right. footage, same space. Right. There you go. Take go them up, down every up. so often. Let them play on Kurt's yard. Pray for the future <laughs> yeah, land right. that I might have. I'll just invest in land <laughs> futures. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you're right, Kurt, on all the points, except for I'm just saying it's very, very difficult. And those who argue with me about it just haven't tried to do it is the problem. If they do, they'll start to pretend they're on Noah's Ark trying to build the Ark in modern day joke. And then they'll start to understand. That's the problem. It's not impossible. It just takes millions and millions and millions of dollars, which most of us don't have. Right. Somebody will go, no, Sam, I found a piece of property, man. There's 400 acres, dude, for $100,000. No problem. And my response is, yeah, but you don't have any water, right? Oh, and then I say, well, and how small can I break the, you know, those acres into? Well, there's a zoning, and, the, and before they know it, they'll back themselves into it. It's not a doable situation. It's very, very difficult. It's very, very expensive. Even if I can get the water, and even if I can get the zoning all squared away, then I'll ask the next question. Is it easy to get electricity there? Well, Sam, it's only three miles away, and it'll only cost 80 grand to get uh, electricity there. That's right. And I say, what do you mean by that? 80 grand a mile. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. If it's further, then it's even more. And then I say, great, I got, you know, and then they say, well, how do you get to the property? Well, all you got to do is dig a road. Well, does the road have to have curb and gutter? 
Well, no, Sam, it's okay. You're out in the county. It only has to have blacktop. Well, how much is that uh-huh. per mile? Well, Sam, first off, you've got to level it out, and we'll have to get you a bid. And before you know it, I'm telling you right now, it's expensive as all get out. Yep. yep. You can't live like you used to. And, and, and really, in the West, there's nowhere to go except for crammed into big cities with expensive, tiny, tiny post or postage stamp-sized pieces of ground, if you're lucky. They want to move us all into high-rises, even. Amen. That's right. Okay, and I'm just saying it doesn't make any sense, but what can you do about it? Well, you could you could uh, remember that, man, it could be worse. You could be in New York or Minneapolis or, you know. Uh, yeah, you're right. Portland. You you're know, right. It could always like be that. worse. I could not even be on the planet. <laughs> I hear no, that. No, we want you on the planet. Well, That's it could right. be worse. You could not even be here, Brian. I know. Uh, we, we we need you here, though. we got to have you here. So don't, yeah, don't check out any time soon. All right. Anyway, we digress <laughs> except to say things are rough. And when 50-plus percent of families are struggling in big cities, I think there's an economic massive problem we're facing. When you shut down all the businesses, you know, how do people make a living? Mm-hmm. Do you have an answer for that one, Kurt? Kurt's got well, land they say he has job answers. You know me with all these answers, but uh, they say that some folks are becoming what they call uh, hipsters. You know what Kurt's uh, doing, ladies and gentlemen? He's selling tartar sauce features. Yeah, that's right. Oh. They say millions are embracing... Uh, this whole idea of do-it-yourself and that kind of thing. They say COVID is turning us all into hipsteaders. You know, you've heard of homesteaders. Yes, so hipsteaders are the guys like this one guy. He's, he saw a Craigslist ad for a free boar. So now he's, uh, well, uh, breeding pigs. Uh, you know, so, Where does he uh, get the ground to breed I mean, pigs, Kurt? He must have found some Sam somewhere, uh, you know, way out there, wherever. Maybe he won the but lottery. The Maybe he's is, a lottery-winning hipster. That's right. That's right. Uh, anyway, uh, bottom line is some folks are doing that. Like, remember I told you about that time I was getting some chickens around Easter, and there's this big line for them. And, you know, some folks are getting a chicken or two, and they're probably even, you know, going Did you eat your chickens? Laws. Uh, I've had, I even had somebody offer me, not yet, but I'm eating eggs, uh, but I had somebody offer uh, to get me a rooster lately, and I was kind of thinking I'd do it on the down low and maybe put a little, uh, you know, a little um, tape over the rooster's mouth so it wouldn't make noise, you know what I mean? I mean <laughs> Kurt, you're going to go to jail, man. PETA's going to roll up to you, bro, and take you right out, man. That's right. There Putting you go. a muzzle and a mouth, you know, on them roosters. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, I'm, I'm only going to invest in chicken futures. There you go. And that's yeah, a better way to go. Kurt. For real chicken. Kurt wants yeah. to, like, take possession of the chickens and stuff. I don't know what he's yes, I I'm like a Here future hipster investor guy, man. Yeah. There you go. Even super well. coming hey, along big. Hey, I've got a question. Could you expand your house a little bit? And then have the chickens and the pigs and all as pets, and they all live in your house. You no, sir, because I checked with zoning, and they said I couldn't do anything with my house. That's why I want to move. Uh, you I don't want to so check with zoning that. about anything on that, Sam. Just don't yeah. ask. You know, just don't do ask. It. Don't tell. It. Don't you know that old? <laughs> no, that's old. <laughs> that's old doctrine, buddy. Now you tell all, bro. Don't you? Yeah, get it? You're not the modern right. times, Kurt. Somebody else. Yeah. Tells you forgot all. to invest in the right futures, buddy, because you're way out of date. Good point. 
Yeah, you got to move to a city where you can drive your four wheeler around town. You know, I mean, that's where you go. Yeah, where's that at, Kurt? Well, I know one place. Yeah, Kurt's going to tell me Oak City, and I'm going to say, find me a piece of ground that's affordable and reasonable that I can put a new city on. Well, a new city, uh, it's, yeah, there you go. Um, You know, a new city, uh, I don't know. It depends on what you call a new city, but I know you can get a lot for 20 grand. And how big? Compared to 200. Well, it's a couple acres, you know. Uh, you can give but, me a good um, lot with water and electricity, couple acres for twenty grand. How many of them can you get uh, me? Uh, I don't know how many. I just know I can get one. Uh, I'm mostly trying to get one. You know what I mean? We can't all live I on mean, the same one. They won't let us. Kurt. They're zoning against that now. Hi, Ron. Uh, that that little town doesn't that. have much zoning going on, as far as I know. They uh, are know, they in get a county? They're at the city building. They are. Or are they a city outside of a county? county. I'd like to see one of them. Because uh, the county's got zoning, my friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, um, you know, rarely you ever see any of those city uh, county guys. So it's there are some safe, you know, at least uh, I think some places like Beaver, Utah would be a good one, too. Uh, you well, know, Beaver, Utah. A friendly sheriff, at least. Yeah, you know, that's right. That guy. And they had some real good water down there. And that's what I like about it, too. Anyway, there's all kinds of stuff going on. I'm just—I'm not trying to be negative, but I am trying to be realistic about the fight we're all facing. A lot of us would love just real quick to get out in the country before Brian goes. Though, uh, what what should you pick up, ladies or Brian? What do you think? Uh, dimes, quarters, silver, dollars, uh, or futures? You know, uh, yeah. Now forget uh, the future. Dime-sized pieces of gold. Time to prepare is a little bit right now. A little, uh, yeah, a little dime, quarter, uh, silver dollar. Yeah, those are those are the things to be putting away a little at a time. What are silver that. eagles looking like right now? Uh, silver they eagles are costing you about 35 bucks. So the good news is from several weeks ago, they've gone down a few bucks. So let me make this let me make this comparison before we let Brian leave. Back in the early or late sixties, early seventies, they pegged the ounce of gold at thirty five dollars. That's before they left gold entirely. Now you can get a silver piece for thirty five dollars. How do you feel about that inflation? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that silver dollar says one dollar on it. So you know, you're going to have some kind of a tough time explaining that to the kids. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian. Thank you, sir. Hey, you bet. You guys are great. Thanks. Godspeed. Hour one on the can. Hour two coming up. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live syndicated by LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. News the networks refuse to use continues. This is the broadcast for September 10th in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our 202. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome 
to Liberty Roundtable Live. Andy Mangione with us. He is the key man, if you will. All right, I should say one of the key people who put together an incredible group. You don't like AARP? Do you like the alternative that's conservative? I do, and I'm a lifetime member and highly recommend you become one as well. AMAC.US. What are we talking about? The Association of Mature American Citizens, AMAC.US. Andy Maggioni, Vice President. Welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me, Sam. Glad to be back. There's a huge battle going on that I find interesting. Uh, I want to break it down, get your take. And here's the way the liberals spin it. Donald lied. He was with Woodward, and he knew back in the day that the coronavirus was evil and horrible and going to kill everybody. And, well, he lied to the American people and told everybody it was no big deal. Now, that's the narrative of the mainstream press and some books that are coming out to, in my personal view, manipulate the facts against the president of the United States. If you listen to President Trump, it's kind of true, but not true at all at the same time. Here's what President Trump says about it. Let's start with his words, shall we? President Trump says he knew the seriousness of COVID-19 when it first broke out early this year. But he says... Certainly I'm not going to uh, drive uh, this country or the world into a frenzy. The president speaking as reporters at the White House were asking him about a new book which accuses him of downplaying the coronavirus. I'm a cheerleader for this country. I love our country. And I don't want people to be frightened. I don't want to create panic. Bob Woodward's book Rage is due for release next week. In it, he says the president told him in a February phone call that he knew the virus was deadly. All right. I guess it all depends on your viewpoint, ladies and gentlemen. So I thought would take the time to express ours, Andy. Well, you know, this is going to backfire on leftists, liberals, yes, it is. Democrats, progressives, whatever you want to call uh, this group of anti-Trump, uh, fear-mongering, Trump-hating uh, people that just can't seem to live without being enveloped in their own misery. Um, this is, uh, the, you know, the, this this fake outrage. Uh, is incredible. People seem to forget that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi went to uh, Chinatown in San Francisco to show people that everything is fine here while the president was uh, closing flights to, uh, uh, or, you know, closing, limiting flights to China, closing flights to China, what he was doing in the early and months. And they were literally claiming when he was closing those flights from China, um, literally saying how he's just a panic, he's a fear monger, it's not necessary, he overreacted. That's what they said then, right? Exactly right. He banned flights to China shortly thereafter, Europe, uh, and uh, he saw what was going on in Italy, Spain, and in France, and the banned flights there, and they all screamed and yelled about that. So now, I mean, if, if, you, if you look at his words in the context of, of, of how they were spoken, okay, he didn't want to panic the country. And, uh, and, and this is just another, I think people, Sam, to be perfectly honest with you, are so fatigued of one manufactured outrage after another, one book after another, destined to blow up in their faces, destined to, I think, motivate an already motivated electorate in, on behalf of the president. That's just, you know, a speculation, but it's this is how it's played. Things like these have played out before. President Trump admitted Wednesday that he may have, quote, misled the public. 
about COVID-19, but he said he had good reasons. Okay, I don't find positive headlines about this at all. But let me step no. back. Let me step back and kind of illustrate this in, I believe, a, a more honest, more appropriate way. Let's say that you know something is bad. Or at least you have hints that it's quite bad. Let's say you're a physician. And let's say that you all of a sudden find out somebody you believe has cancer and they're going to die. Do you just roll out and say, you've got cancer, you're going to die, it's horrible, tell all your family they should come today. Although we're going to take a biopsy and we're going to run it and we're going to see. But tell your family to come today because it's horrible. It's, I mean, it's, we don't even probably have time to get the sample back. I mean, this is, do you do that or do you go, hey, we do see some very serious things here. We're going to do everything we can to mitigate it and to take care of it properly. We are going to run the proper testing and the proper course of action. And you know what? I don't want to panic you, but I want you to know we're dealing with some serious things here. You know, if you're a physician, how do you manage that? If right. you are the leader of, a, of, of the greatest military in the world, if you are the president of the United States and you find out something's pretty rough, how do you portray that in a honest but yet realistic but yet cautious way not to incite fear, not to go to the extreme, uh, but yet convey the seriousness of it. And in my opinion, when we say we're going to stop flights from China, we're literally saying it's pretty dang serious here. You know, our most favored up, nation yeah. trading partner, we're going to stop letting them come to our country for a time because we don't want this to spread. This is serious. But at the same time, I don't want you guys all to melt down and think everybody's going to die because they're not. And balancing the truth is a tall order, and it's easy to be armchair quarterback, especially 2020. Hindsight's 2020. Andy, that's the set. That's the stage for this. Well, and you know, Sam, you you, you just laid it out beautifully. Okay, uh, you there there has to be a balance. And in February, what did we know? What did we know really? Not a whole lot. Okay? We just knew that it was, we, people were getting sick and it was spreading fast, and we knew that people were dying. Yes. That's all we knew. Yes, right? we yes. Okay, but you look at, and you highlighted this, and I'll underscore it, Sam. The president's actions speak louder than anything that Bob Woodward's going to write in a book during those first early weeks of, the, of this pandemic. And you look at how uh, we discussed how uh, his enemies, you know, other, you know, otherwise known as Democrats, uh, chastised him for his early actions. And now, uh, with this book coming out, you see people like Dr. Fauci coming to the president's defense. And, he, I mean, he's quoted as saying that he didn't get any sense that the president was distorting anything. And he's been by the president's side uh, all along throughout this pandemic. So I think what we headline, here, headline from the blaze yeah. on this, by the way, says this. Anthony Fauci contradicts the report. Okay, so it says Fauci contradicts bombshell report. Claiming President Trump deceived Americans. So even the top doctor, I rarely agree with Fauci, by the way. But in this right. case, Fauci's uh, telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he also used words like, I don't see any discrepancy between what we told the president and what he told the public. So, again, it's like John Bolton coming out and discrediting the military uh, comments that were allegedly made by the you know, the president that people ran with. He killed that. This will die too. Um, I don't know if he's going to. It may sell some books for Woodward, but uh, and he may be the uh, financial beneficiary of this. But as far as hurting the president long term, it's another swing and a miss, if you ask me, Sam. Now I just find that fascinating. Here's the deal: if you're Donald Trump, 
President Trump, there's nothing you can do that's right. You can stop flights from China. They say you're too extreme. You don't stop them, and they say you were too too soft. You didn't crank up the opposition fast enough. Then what President Trump did was he walked a very fine constitutional line here. And in my opinion, he did a pretty good job at this, folks. Let's be fair. Here's what happened. He said, listen, we've got guidelines from the CDC, the World Health Organization, some of these top doctors, and they're recommending that we literally have people kind of locked down, that we limit how many, but I'm not going to mandate this. I'm going to give my encouragement and the guidance, and I'm going to leave it to the states and to the people and to the towns and the counties respectfully. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to mandate anything, but I'm really going to encourage. Could you walk a finer line, Andy? No, no, uh, no. And you're right. You know, we've, I think we've talked about this before, Sam. The president could literally come up with the cure for cancer, and that will upset some people, okay, it would, given their, their current state of minds and how deranged they are with regard to him personally, his family, and his presidency. But, uh, again, I, I just, you know, this will, you know, this will be designated for the ash heap of history, uh, and uh, we're probably doing it uh, a disservice, okay, or doing a, people a disservice by discussing it. You know, I don't want to lend any credibility to where there is none. And uh, uh, if, if anything, if people have, you know, we've got a special coronavirus section that I'm responsible for on the AMAC.us website. And I've been compiling information in several different categories, including the administration's response to the coronavirus. And it's well documented how the president has marshaled the private and the public sector, how you had Ford making ventilators, how you had Haynes making the, the underwear people making masks, how he coordinated a whole of government approach to take on this, this, you know, this multi-headed monster known as the coronavirus. And it's well documented his response and the results that he got. And now you've got Woodward coming out, you know, as you said, armchair quarterbacking, uh, a comment that the president made to safeguard the American people while realizing the seriousness of the pandemic. His actions speak louder than words here, Sam. I'm rewriting a headline as we talk on the fly, Andy, because I don't believe I see a single headline. And this is interesting. I don't think a single headline in the news that fairly uh, represents the president in this. And that's pretty telling across the global sphere, the media sphere, whatever you want to call it. I don't see a single headline that fairly articulates. So here's what I've written so far. President Trump explained that he may have misled the public about the threat COVID-19. But did he have good reasons is something that you need to decide, my fellow Americans. Uh, what does misled mean? Did he really intentionally mislead? Did he downplay? Did he lie? Or did he try to say, let's be as responsible about this as we possibly can? Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? 
The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Transport back in time to our nation's founding at the Freedom's Light Festival. Visit with freedom fighters, colonial artisans, music, contests, prizes, over 35 activities for the whole family. Schedule a school field trip and fulfill the federal requirement to teach the Constitution. Can you crack the spy codes used to win the Revolutionary War? Take home a founding document, printed on the exact replica Isaiah Thomas used for the first Declaration of Independence. Register and compete in the Constitution Bowl. Join us September 17th through the 19th. Register at freedomslight.us. Freedomslight.us. This event is completely free. Now more than ever, we need to ensure Freedom's Light is not extinguished. Let's keep this light shining in the hearts and minds of our children. Freedomslight.us. That's freedomslight.us. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Andy Mangione with us, Vice President of AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, AMAC.us, the website. I am a lifetime member. Highly recommend you become one as well. AMAC.us. I'm rewriting this headline on the fly, so I'm changing it as I go, and I just find words in it are unfair. All right, he may have misled. He may have, okay, all those are words to make you believe the president has done something wrong. I don't know that I believe that, folks. Let me reread my headline to you now as I keep working on it. Here's what it says now, Andy. President Trump explained that he may have held back information about the threat of COVID-19. And then I ask a question, did he have good reasons? And I would say again, just like a physician or uh, you know, a police officer or somebody from the military coming to your door, Sometimes if we don't know the details, we don't want to overstate it. We don't want to talk out of turn. We don't want to lie and pretend it doesn't exist. <clears throat> but do you do you minimize until we know more? Do you well, cautiously you know, talk about yeah. this in, in as I led into the break and then straight to you, Andy? Uh, do you cautiously, responsibly deal with it? And if so, honestly and fairly, how? You can't use 2020 hindsight and go, I know everything now and I can articulate it better. You can't do that. That's unfair. But how do you responsibly articulate this when you don't know a lot and when you, okay, I think he's done a pretty darn good job. Yeah. Yeah. I think the media did a nice job of, uh, of spreading panic and they're still doing it to this day. Okay. Uh, but, but in the early stages, the last thing that the people needed to see was their president panicking. Okay, there's plenty of people outside of Washington, outside of uh, the, the Trump administration that can that can that can panic. And they did. And they broadcast it and it got them ratings and they, they scared old people. I know that we were hearing a lot from our members about concern because they're in the at risk demographic. Okay, and there was a lot of scrambling to get right information. The last thing you needed was uh, the president of the United States throwing up his arms saying, yeah, we're all going to die. I mean, come on. 
This and if he had done that, that, what they would have said is, see, we knew the presidency was above this this clown's uh, capabilities. Yes. And, and that's where they would have went, right? Exactly right. And you're you know, I mean, and he's aware of this. What amazes me, Sam, is that he wants to sign up for another four years of this. You know, I mean, people forget that he's yeah, a And what incentive people does, that, does a multi-billionaire have to, have to do that anyway? Yeah, you know, but, you know, he's, 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 you know, none of these people are perfect. You know, these people that we elect into any political uh, position on a local, city, state, county, federal level, we all are all, we're all sinners. We all have warts, okay? Nobody's perfect here, but I really am impressed that he wants another go-around for four years because he's got a vision. He wants to see that vision through. And I'm seeing memes on social media. They're comparing President Trump's productivity in 47 months to Joe Biden's 47 years in Washington. And it's very <laughs> oh. interesting to see that. That's a yes, guy. I wish I would have is. thought that up myself. But I, I don't mean to pivot to Biden, but I just wanted to uh, to make that point. Well, I want to move on a little bit to other things about President Trump that are getting eclipsed in the news, which I find interesting. Headline says this. President Donald Trump was nominated on Wednesday for the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize. The nomination was submitted by a Norwegian on his behalf. He's a member of parliament, I guess, um, in Norway. Let's see. Christian Tibring, I think is how you say his name. Jed? Anyway, I, I don't know how to. I guess who also nominated President Trump for this back in 2018 as well. Uh, Andy? This, uh, I mean, it, it, what was nice is the uh, how the president reacted to this. He recognized it for the honor that it is, okay? And, and, and there, of course, the blogosphere exploded with comparisons between how President Obama was nominated and how, you know, briefly he had been in office, and his uh, questionable qualifications to receive the award were compared and contrasted what the president has done. It's nice to see the recognition and, the, and how meaningful what he brokered, uh, the piece that he brokered, you know, in a in a very unstable hot spot in the in the world, be recognized by the uh, you know by not only the Norwegian Parliament, okay, uh, but uh, by the people that you know by to be considered for a peace prize. I mean, he brokered a peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Uh, and if you were to tell, if people were to say when he started out his presidency in 2017 after he was inaugurated that he would have such a strong foreign policy. Not only from an economic perspective, but from a uh, for, but from a diplomatic perspective, uh, people would have laughed at you. And so they nice say see, they say nice in the United States, the recognition. yeah, they say in the United States media. This is what I find this interesting. That President Trump is a joke on the national stage. That everybody laughs yes. behind his back. Yes. And my response is, wait a minute. <clears throat> the Norwegian Parliament just praised President Trump. He makes these these deals uh, around the world. What is the mainstream press talking about? They're not even on the same planet. He's supposed to be embarrassing us, Sam. He's supposed to be uh, upsetting our allies and making our enemies hate us more. Uh, again, he just b- keeps blowing up narrative after narrative after narrative. Uh, and, uh, uh, and and these people get frustrated, so they make up things about him. Now check out <laughs> the next headline pulse. that highlights yeah. this. President Trump draws down U.S. military forces in Iraq. From 5,200 to about 3,000 this month, the top Middle East uh, leader for the U.S. said. 
I guess he's the commander of the Middle East or whatever. Okay, and, and so now we see him drawing down troops just as he promised. None of these stories yeah. are being discussed openly. Not at all. Uh, and, there's, and there's many more like that. That's why, I mean, it, 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 that's why he's got to, uh, I mean, the, why he tweets. That's why he gets on, uh, you know, he holds rallies and he talks about what he's done. But you're absolutely right. And it's a disgrace. Uh, it's, it's, it, and we know that. I mean, we can, we can stay here and be outraged at the media all day long, but they're not going to stop what they're doing. But it's nice to come on programs like this to, to talk about uh, him following through with yet another campaign promise. He promised to end, quote, endless wars, unquote. And he's doing just that. Think about it. He's been president for almost four years now, and we haven't been involved in a war that he's initiated. He wants to get us out of these, bring the, uh, our, our precious fighting men and women home, okay, save the talent, save the treasure, and, and look for alternatives. Um, I mean, it, it just uh, – and look for other ways to handle conflicts, like brokering this peace deal between Israel and the UAE. And I think all these uh, conversations need to happen because then you know what the president's really spending his time on. One of the things they also say, too, is all he does is just watch TV and, and hang out, and he's afraid to come out of his house and – What's interesting is everything they claim about President Trump, Joe Biden seems to be doing. If you want to talk about somebody not coming out of their house, uh, it's Joe Biden. But now Trump is literally drawing down troops. He literally creates a, a you know some peace deals. Uh, he's keeping his promises by drawing down the troops. Uh, Dr. Fauci comes to the defense of President Trump against all enemies. Well, then there's more, folks, because it turns out that three senators— or on Trump's Supreme Court list. This is an interesting deal as President Trump releases his list of Supreme Court uh, nominee proposals. It's got 40 people on it now, Andy. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you know what I like? We, My wife and I were discussing this. Um, you know, we were talking about this the other day. And the, his short list, you know, uh, it's, it's incredible. Uh, some of these people aren't even judges. Now, I live in Kentucky, and he's actually – and he listed – he'd consider our attorney general, Daniel Cameron, uh, who was recently elected, uh, was sworn in this year, as a, uh, a potential Supreme Court justice nominee, looking at uh, Senator Cotton, looking at Senator uh, Cruz, okay, who would make excellent, uh, excellent Supreme Court justices, even though Senator Cotton is a – rumored 2024 presidential candidate. I had the opportunity to interview him for our August issue of the AMAC magazine that you get when you join AMAC every other month. Uh, but it is, uh, it's incredible. And, and I like how, I mean, some of, these, some of these people on this list were just meant to tweak how he tweaks uh, his enemies by just, you know, casually dropping, you know, you know what he's going to, or who he's going to consider um, going outside the box. And people forget that this guy is a businessman. First, and he thinks he, what he brought to the table was businessman-like thinking and how to handle problems, uh, not only domestically but abroad as well. And this this list uh, it accomplishes a couple of things. It, it shows how he's thinking outside of the box. He recognized the rising stars in the Republican Party and the conservative movement, and and he tweaks some of his uh, some of his, some of his adversaries. I mean, Daniel Cameron actually spoke to a group of AMAC members. We had about seventy gathered in Louisville while he was campaigning. He is an extremely intelligent young man with a very bright future. 
and uh, faced some challenges early on in office, and I was thrilled to see him speak at the RNC, and even more thrilled to see that he made it to uh, President Trump's shortlist. So it's, it's just he keeps playing his adversaries, uh, but he does it in a thoughtful and meaningful way. Three senators on President Trump's list. I want to talk about Tom Cotton. We'll do it in seconds because it has pro-life implications, ladies and gentlemen. Andy Maggioni with us. AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S on your radio. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. President Trump says he knew the seriousness of COVID-19 when it first broke out early this year. But he says... Certainly I'm not going to uh, drive uh, this country or the world into a frenzy. The president speaking as reporters at the White House were asking him about a new book which accuses him of downplaying the coronavirus. I'm a cheerleader for this country. I love our country. And I don't want people to be frightened. I don't want to create panic. Bob Woodward's book Rage is due for release next week. In it, he says the president told him in a February phone call that he knew the virus was deadly. Hundreds of wildfires incinerating huge portions of the western U.S., about half in Oregon, Washington, and California. Oregon has seen at least four towns nearly destroyed by the flames. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Are you interested in making 10, 20, even $40,000 a month flipping houses? Then listen to this exciting opportunity. Jeremy Isles and Tony Rosenblum, founders of High Impact Outcomes, are ready to show you how they have helped first-time investors flip hundreds of houses in 39 states for substantial profits. What's their secret, you ask? Just text HURRY to 72000 right now, and they'll send you a free copy of their 40K Formula Flip Kit. See how using their innovative strategies with the right Internet search tools can help you create off-market deals. That real and other investors don't even know existed. Text hurry to 72000 now to get your free 40K formula flip kit and get ready to see how fast you can receive your first or next real estate paycheck. Text hurry to 72000 right now to get your 40K formula flip kit plus free tickets to a live interactive online training class. Text hurry to 72000. That's text hurry to 72000 for your free 40K flip kit now. They can't wait to see you there. Individual results may vary. Hundreds of wildfires incinerating huge portions of the western U.S., about half in Oregon, Washington, and California. Oregon has seen at least four towns nearly destroyed by the flames. President Trump says he knew the seriousness of COVID-19 when it first broke out early this year. But he says... Certainly I'm not going to uh, drive... this country or the world into a frenzy. The president speaking as reporters at the White House were asking him about a new book which accuses him of downplaying the coronavirus. I'm a cheerleader for this country. I love our country. And I don't want people to be frightened. I don't want to create panic. Bob Woodward's book Rage is due for release next week. In it, he says the president told him in a February phone call that he knew the virus was deadly. Senate Republicans expected to hold a procedural vote today on a coronavirus stimulus bill that Democrats have already vowed to block. And this is USA Radio News. All right, Angie Maggioni with us, ladies and gentlemen, at amac.us. 
There's a lot to cover, so much to discuss, so little time, ladies and gentlemen. But Republican Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton in the news. So President Trump floats this senator as a possible Supreme Court or Supreme Court pick. And the first thing out of Tom Cotton's mouth, that it's time for Roe versus Wade to go. Andy? Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty bold statement and provocative, uh, uh, to be sure. But, uh, you know, from uh, an AMAC perspective, and uh, we are a supporter of life, and uh, we believe in faith, family, and freedom, and um, that will uh, certainly get the attention of people across the country, and it certainly is uh, welcome ears, or, I'm sorry, welcome words to the ears of our membership. Um, this is something that, uh, uh, you know, the scourge of abortion, um, uh, just the millions and millions of, of, uh, of lives that have been uh, lost as a result of the Supreme Court decision back in 1973 is tragic. And it's nice to see a potential, you know, potential either a Supreme Court justice or potential uh, presidential candidate speak out on behalf of the unborn. And a pro-life senator currently, by the way. Uh, and yes. I, I bring this up on purpose because last hour my co-host Kurt Crosby was mentioning, you know, I don't know if you know this, but there's a, a, an abortion clock. It's a clock that, that, that highlights how many murders uh, have taken place. And why are we talking about Black Lives Matter and, and, and people dying in the streets and the coronavirus who, that hasn't even, what, hit 200,000 deaths yet? Uh, but yet we've got 600,000 baby killings since the beginning of the year, according to the yeah. abortion clock. Andy, that's over triple. It's it's tragic, you know. It's, it, boy, that's supposed to be a hard clock to maintain. I don't know how you could do it without becoming depressed when you see that. And you know, when you look at the scourge of abortion, Sam, obviously um, it, it's horrible for the child. But these poor wounded uh, women that have to live with this decision for the rest of their lives, um, there are uh, documentation. There's many doc, you know, doc, uh, many instances of documentation and how abortion really affects these women and the decision they make. Um, for for the rest of their lives, and many come to regret their decisions, and it really, really affects their relationships with other people moving forward for the rest of their lives. And it really is such a yeah, – they're just being – you know, the, the abortion industry itself is, is aggressive and, and pushes this, calls it health care, when it's really not. It damages so many, many people. <sighs> Amen to that. All right, there's a lot of AMAC stories. AMAC, the website, is very fascinating. It keeps you up to speed on what's happening on the COVID. It also keeps you up to speed on what's happening with Social Security and, and things relating to the elderly uh, and to those of us who are over 50 years old. Uh, but it also acts as a, a hub for relationships and communication so you don't feel so alone. It acts as a place where you can get all kinds of benefits for being an AMAC member. It acts as a truthful news site. And believe it or not, I've just scratched the surface, huh, Andy? Well, thank you. We, we appreciate that. We try to put as much original content up there as we can. We are um, blessed to have some very strong writers uh, that, that contribute. Um, and I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I do contribute, but I'm not going to include myself in that. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. Um, we'll include I, you uh, even if you won't include yourself, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I don't want to break my arm patting myself on the back here. Um, but um, you know we we are uh, the the we do attract a lot of attention, and it's interesting to know that we also put up a poll every Friday. Uh, we poll our members on something topical 
Um, we also run policy issues by them to see how our membership feels, and we listen to them. I, we're a very member-driven organization, Sam. So if we're considering taking an issue on a specific issue or taking a stance on a specific issue, we pull our membership and ask them what they think about it, and then we, we take our marching orders from them when we go to Washington. So it's very interactive. Imagine listening to the members. Yeah. I'm sorry? Imagine listening to the members. Well, hey, there's a, there, there, oh, there's a concept, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wish more organizations would do that, but we do listen to our members uh, on very, very important issues. We take what concerns them to Washington. I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do that on behalf of the membership. I'm on that team. But um, we, we work very, very hard to make the website up to date, to make it relevant. Um, you will find some information there that you probably won't see in too many other sources with regard to the successes the president has had. Uh, we just feel obligated to point them out, especially as they pertain to our demographic and our members. Yeah, and a lot of people are going to be like, Sam, you're just doing a, a, you know, a pro-Trump show. And my response is, no, that's not true. When Donald Trump does something that I disagree with, I clearly tell you so. When he does things that I agree with, though, I clearly tell you so. And when he's doing more that I agree with than disagree with, it's going to sound like that. But the truth is, I call it as I see it, ladies and gentlemen. So let's be very clear about that. By the way, last Friday was a particularly cool event for AMAC.US. Headline talks about Homeless Friday. What was that, September 4th, 2020? Yeah, absolutely. Um. AMAC Action puts a focus on homeless heroes. Yes. Talk about America's veterans. It's awesome. Yeah, what we did, that that op-ed coincided with our support for a – there was the Homeless Veterans Coronavirus Response Act, okay? And what the bill does, all right, well, we, you know, it's particularly during the coronavirus, you're looking at a situation where, you know, the uh, homeless veterans, you know, and we do support many veterans' issues because our membership is comprised of many veterans, okay? Um, there are um, almost a million and a half of our veterans are considered at risk of homelessness due to poverty, um, they don't have the support that they need. They have dismal living conditions. They're in overcrowded uh, or in or substandard housing. So, I mean, this is this is and that contributes to those dismal living conditions and contributes to their homelessness. And so, their their risk for the coronavirus is increased as a result of uh, of, of these situations and their homelessness. So, what we wanted to do, we supported a bill, okay, that was uh, introduced. It was bipartisan by uh, Dan Sullivan out of Alaska and uh, Kirsten C. Uh, uh, I always mispronounce her name. Uh, is it Cinema? And I, I pronounce it mispronounce her name, and I apologize. I think for that. that's right. Uh, she's the Democrat out of Arizona, Democrat senator out of Arizona. And there was companion legislation that was introduced again bipartisan by uh, Mike Levin, uh, the Democrat out of California, and Congressman Gus Bilarakis, who's a great friend of AMAC, uh, Republican out of uh, Florida. Okay, and uh, what it does, uh, what the bill does, is just allocate existing funds to aid homeless vets during the time of crisis. Okay, so we're not looking at an increase in funding. We're looking at the the VA has these funds, and we would like to get uh, these funds into the hands to get people the basic necessities of life, the people that are living on the street, to drive down their exposure and their risk for the coronavirus. We thought that the bill made sense. Uh, It's the Homeless Veterans Coronavirus Response Act. Now, let me double Um, down on this for a second, because I think this is a really important point, Andy. I'm not for socialism. So I'm not for all kinds of handouts to different groups and different people and everything else. However, 
when you put somebody in harm's way for this country and they willingly go and serve and come back either with difficulties from the war from a mental point of view uh, or a physical point of view and whatever challenges they obtain uh, in the service. Uh, we, in my view, owe them some uh, support and care as a result of their loss on our behalf. That isn't socialism at all. That is the American way. And there's a huge difference here that needs to be underscored, highlighted, whatever you want to do, because uh, people don't understand the difference here. And I'm not saying, hey, just give veterans everything in the world. But I am saying we need to assess the reality of the situation we put them in, and we better love them when they come home, for heck's sakes. Well, you make a great point there. If I could just drill down this bill just a little bit more, Sam. This is the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, Homeless Veterans Coronavirus Response Act of 2020. Okay, and all it does is relax certain regulations and enables the VA to use existing resources, as I mentioned before, to offer homeless veterans the additional assistance they may need. That includes transportation, communication devices and services, and basic amenities like clothing, blankets, hygiene items. Uh, and hygiene items, and it also allows the VA to work with partner organizations to set up shelters on their properties, okay? And it also ensures that homeless veterans would have access to the VA's telehealth services. The whole idea here is to keep them as as healthy as possible while, you know, we, we work to solve their homelessness problem. Well, and it's important to understand when you talk about a telemedicine program, that's a way uh, to inexpensively administer the support that these veterans need in a way that protects people so they don't all gather somewhere and, and get the corona or whatever else may be, but yet it's a way that doctors can literally meet with these patients inexpensively and take care of the tremendous need. This is one of the promises Donald Trump made on the campaign trail, and they don't want to admit he's delivering here either. You know, Sam, you know, you bring up a great point because you can translate telehealth to older people and people that live in rural areas. Uh, one of the, there's a lot of good things that's going to come out of this pandemic, and one of it is how we look at health care. Another part, and that's a, this is for another conversation, is how we look at schooling, okay, particularly on the college basis. But telehealth has tremendous positive implications for seniors who are homebound and for those who live in rural areas. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we come back. Andy Mangione is with us, amac.us. I got two interesting headlines from their website I want to drill into. We'll do it all in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country, and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? 
To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, I'm not a big Q fan. And uh, But you can read the book and discover for yourself what you think. President Trump getting beat up over Q quite a bit, too. Uh, because, you know, do you just jettison everybody because they believe something different than you do? Or do we have an open dialogue in America and talk? I'm not a big Q fan. I don't know that I trust the source. That's just my personal opinion uh, to which I'm entitled, but I digress. All right, President Trump has been taking a beating uh, as of late on so many topics, but here's another one. Joe Biden says that the only person calling to defund the police is Donald Trump. Now, I don't know what planet this guy's on, but listen to this guy. Listen to this. I not only don't want to defund the police, I'm the one calling for $300 million more for local police, for community policing. I also think we should add... Uh, social workers and psychologists help police on 911 calls. The only person calling to defund the police is, is Donald Trump. Look at his budget. He calls for cutting police funding for local, state and local help by $400 million. Once again, he's pathological. I don't even want to talk about the budget related to this because there's a case to be made that it should be handled on the local and uh, the state level. There shouldn't necessarily be funding for police at the government level anyway. So, again, you get into a lot of complicated minutia when you discuss the budget in relation to this. But no one's been a greater advocate for the police than, in my opinion, President Trump on the national stage. Uh, there's a headline on AMAC that relates completely to this. It's called Back the Blue, Sign the Police Pledge, Andy. Yeah, uh, this was something that came across our desk um, uh, from, from, from an, uh, an outside contributor. And uh, we we looked at this, and now, now Amac, you know, to, to, to you know, our members are all about law and order. Okay, of course uh, they our are. Members rec- of, you know, I mean, that's what America you know, this, this is. is. You're a- reflecting America, sir. Yeah, it, it, exactly right. You know, and our members are they're they're very passionate. They recognize that if you defund the police, public safety is decreased. Okay, and uh, and 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 to set this up, I think it was uh, back in July. Two AMAC members were invited to the White House to sit with the president and the attorney general and the vice president on a roundtable discussion to relate their experiences, Sam, of how uh, they had a local encounter with police and how these people, these police officers and these law enforcement officials went above and beyond the call of duty. And they weren't alone. All right. The president wanted to underscore uh, the, the honor that is involved with being a police officer, how selfless 
the police can be, you know, recognizing that bad officers and bad players and bad characters and immorality has got to be rooted out, okay? Uh, but you certainly can't broad stroke the entire law enforcement community by the actions of some horrible individuals, all right? So we thought it would be appropriate to run this pledge, okay? Uh, to recognize that police officers have chosen a noble profession that doesn't pay a whole lot, recognize their dedication uh, to upholding the law and protecting the rights of their fellow citizens. And we thought that this needed and a little bit of recognizing uh, that they're putting their lives on the line every day, sir. Let's be clear about that. Yes, yes. And 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 the the, the pledge itself and the poll itself or the uh, the police pledge basically uh, is a pledge to oppose any bill, resolution, or movement to defund the police. And we thought it'd be appropriate to put that on our website. And by the way, this is where President Trump stands with the police too. We realize there's bad actors that need to be stopped. That's a, a, a piece of the pie that needs to be dealt with. I don't disagree one bit. But again, this idea that President Trump is calling for the defunding of the police, where is that? I mean, I don't even know yeah. what planet this guy's on. Well, this is why they script everything that comes out of his mouth, and what you heard was, is what happens when he goes off script. I can't believe that somebody in his, in his campaign actually said, hey, here's a good point to bring up. It's completely <laughs> false, and here's a number we're going to pull out of thin air, too. I, can't, I, I have to believe the guy was freewheeling when he said that. I mean, it is a credibility crisis, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible to watch this man disintegrate mentally uh, before our very eyes. Uh, and it, but it does, Sam. It shows you the lengths that the Democrats would go to. They will. There's not. There's not a city they won't burn. There's not a city they won't loot. There's not a city they won't riot in. There's not a family or a man they will destroy, or a woman they'll destroy, or a child they'll destroy in order to reacquire their power. And I just encourage your listeners to recognize this is who we're up against. But we do have the power to keep these people from acquiring the power they so desperately need. They better get out and vote. They better bring 10 people with them and uh, do whatever they have to do to make sure that, uh, that, that their votes, that, that they're at the poll or voting however way their state lets them will come November 3rd. All right. This headline is just beyond imagination. Uh, again, Joe Biden. Joe Biden said that more than 6,000 military <laughs> members have died from the coronavirus. But ladies and gentlemen, the Department of Defense shows the real number is just seven deaths. Now, don't misunderstand me. When I say just seven, I don't mean to minimize their deaths one bit. But I do want to show the contrast. Joe Biden literally said 6,000. What the yeah. heck is he talking about? Well, I mean, it, it's, uh, uh, I, again, uh, the, these numbers are run through his filters, his damaged filters. And uh, either they are deliberately trying to do this. Um, and there's some there's some deliberate attempts here to discredit the president. Make no mistake and distort and and lie. But uh, it, what amazes me, Sam, and maybe I shouldn't be amazed, is that these things are so easily fact checked and they're so easily uh, disputed that uh, you know the the campaign has to scramble to either issue a correction uh, or you know uh, acknowledge that that, that that acknowledge the misinformation. Um, and, and when you talk about a crisis in credibility, that's exactly what's happening here. Every time you could see why his handlers and his campaign want to keep him in the basement. But as these polls tighten up, and they are tightening, and they're probably better than what's being reported, Sam, they're going to not have no only not probably they're way better than what's being reported. Yeah. especially yeah. if you look at the 2016 reality, they lost their credibility yes. there too. Yes, 
Yeah, they're going to have to put Joe Biden out there front and center for everybody. Uh, he's going to have to be in the white hot spotlight, taking questions, going off script, and you're seeing the results of this. All right. So the headline on AMAC.us is a pretty good one. It says this: "Mental slips. Is Biden fit?" I think that's the headline Trump needs to get a hold of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that uh, <laughs> this was written by Bobby Charles. Bobby is one of our uh, our wonderful contributors. Bobby was actually uh, the uh, he was he served in the uh, Colin Powell's uh, Secretary of State. He was an Assistant Secretary of State under uh, under General uh, Powell, and uh, it's just just a wonderful resource, um, a wonderful story in and of itself. But it, and it had to be hard for him to write this, okay? Because does anybody not know somebody that's affected by dementia and how sad? Yeah, and, and we that certainly is? don't mean to mock Joe Biden here. We do no, need to not highlight. At all. We do need to highlight that this guy cannot be the Commander in Chief. Our nation could be at, at national security risk if he is. Uh, but we don't mean to mock him. In fact, I wish his family would take him home. I really do. Well, I'm not I, trying to be offensive here. No, and how, well, how could they stand by and, and let this happen? Because as I mentioned before, it's clearly, clearly, in my unofficial view, okay, uh, that this man is in, the, in, the, in, in some stage of dementia, and he is, in, he's deteriorating, and we all have loved ones. And it's hard to watch, okay? It's hard to watch, and, it's hard, and his family is watching this. But again, this is the unquenchable thirst for power that the Democrats have to put this man out there in the state that he's in. They will take the presidency away from him should he be elected, install uh, Kamala Harris, and uh, she will act as a surrogate for every leftist, you know, far left uh, idea and policy that they have. We all know that this is what's going to happen. And in the meantime, uh, there's this sad, pathetic person running around. Uh, who is, you know, one, th- one thing that's horrible, there's many horrible things about dementia, Sam, but it robs you of your personality. It robs you of your being, okay? And we're seeing this person, this Joe Biden, lose his personality and, and morphing into something that's completely unrecognizable um, on a national, actually on a worldwide stage. And it's, it's hard to watch, but, you know, in the, in the same respect, um, his family's letting him be out there, and they're not, they're not ending this. But uh, so we have to... We have to call out what he says, because what he says means something. And if it's false, it's got to be refuted. Well, and even uh, Obama's physician says, hey, you know, this guy can't really put a sentence together. He's a former shell of himself and stuff like this. And I don't mean to be offensive here. I know this is you got to be kid glove here a little bit. And I, and I get it. But at the same time, I just think it is not honorable to even consider a guy like this. You're talking about the commander in chief of the free world, sir. Right, and and when you and you, may, and you bring up a good word, okay? Um, we've always known that Democrats and uh, uh, or and, and leftists have no shame, okay? They they are not ashamed of anything, and you could see this by their actions, by who they align with, who they celebrate, okay? Who they invite to come to speak on the national stage at their conventions, okay? And I don't think it would be that far of a stretch to say that they have no honor either. And, uh, and and for them to put up uh, a person who's clearly in the throes of dementia to represent them and to keep putting him out there, and they have no choice but to keep putting him out there, um, is is just more further example of their lack of shame, their lack of good judgment, their lack of honor. So here's a question, Andy. Do you think there'll be a debate? I've got an opinion no. on this. I'll express. And, and this is this is Andy speaking. Uh, I don't think there will be. I, I don't think they could afford to. Now, do I want to see one? Oh, yeah. And all I want is one, Sam, because that's all it's going to take, okay? 
that's all it's going to take. And there's one scheduled, I think, at the Cleveland Clinic Foundation uh, soon. Um, and I just, I just, in my heart of hearts, personally speaking, I don't think they could, they can afford to let him out there. Here's and, my uh, opinion. I think they'll have a debate. But what I think they'll do I is hope they'll, you're right. they'll say it has to be a virtual debate. They'll let him read from a teleprompter. And believe it or not, if it's virtual, they could record a lot of his answers ahead of time where he can, you know, have five minutes a day of, of you know, stability. And, 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 and then what they'll do is they'll just string together these, these presentations and make him look. They'll, they'll deceive the public and make him look ten times more lucid and capable than the reality is uh, currently. And, and right. That's my guess. That, that, you know what, Sam? I, I haven't heard that Because they can't not yeah. do a debate entirely or it'll be so obvious it's beyond the debate. Should I use that word? So what they'll try to do is do a virtual <laughs> one. They'll use the chronos as their crutch. And what they'll do is yeah. string together this yeah. idea that he's doing okay. He may not be the yeah. best talker. He's not as good of a speaker as Trump. But he's certainly got his act together will be the, quote, dishonest inference, sir. Yeah. And do you think, and again, and I know, I know the answer to this question before I ask you. Do you think the American people are going to buy that? Uh, absolutely not. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. I believe, and Kirk Crosby, my co-host, believes it'll be a landslide for Trump unless they commit flat-out vote fraud to the, to the uh, extreme. Yeah. It's funny because now there's stories popping up where this uh, mail-in voting could hurt the Democrats, okay? Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, why, why we cannot rest on our laurels, much work needs to be done um, to, to win this election. Uh, but uh, it's funny because, I, you know, I read the conservative, you know, the conservative um, – leaders, the conservative commentators, and, um, and one of them uh, was talking about how you may not see a whole lot of, uh, I'm not seeing signs, I'm not seeing Biden-Harris signs, I'm not seeing Trump signs, but you know what I am seeing, Sam? I'm seeing another Trump sign, I'm seeing American flags. And, yeah, uh, and people are a, afraid to put Trump signs up because they're afraid the wackos will, will beat them up or harm them. Throw a Molotov cocktail through their picture window. Oh yeah, when it's crazy town, ladies and gentlemen. Our prayers are with the president. Our prayers are even with Biden, believe it or not. I hope, he go, I hope he goes home. I hope he retires with dignity and he gets the the love and the support from his family uh, that I think we all deserve. And I hope you all become a member of AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Andy Mangione, we'll talk soon, my friend. Always a pleasure, Sam. Thank you. You betcha. There he goes, doing a phenomenal job as always. Again, I'm a lifetime member of AMAC. That's the American That's the Association of Mature American Citizens, ladies and gentlemen. Become an AMAC member today, amac.us. I'm Sam Bushman. For Andy Mangione and Kirk Crosby, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs>